Welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rivalries, the show where we meet fans from rival clubs. Aston Villa take on Manchester City on Wednesday. So who better to speak to about what Villa should expect than David Mooney, who runs the award-winning Blue Moon podcast. (laughs) Great to meet you again, David. I always love chatting to you about football, even if it is Man City, and I'm always terrified (laughs) about what we're about to face. Um, But David, City a little bit in and out of form at the moment. Uh, How are you feeling going into this game? I'm absolutely cacking this one. Um... (laughs) We City can't see out games at the moment. Um, they took the lead against Chelsea with, what, five minutes or so to go, drew the game. Uh, they were in front against Liverpool uh, with 10 minutes to go, drew the game. Uh, they take the lead on Sunday against Spurs with, what, again, about five, 10 minutes to go, draw the game. Um, just not seeing stuff out right now. Um, they've had in the last... The Liverpool game is the anomaly at the moment in that it was quite a low scorer. Mm. But uh, in the last three games, they've had a 4 all and a 3 all, Um And that isn't like City at all. And then kind of building into all of that, you know, the, the real bad form of this season came when Rodri wasn't available and he's suspended now for the trip to, to Villa Park. So uh, that isn't ideal either. So there's there, there's all sorts going on at the moment. Um, and it's I, I feel it's a, like it's not really one issue. I feel like it's a, a kind of like a, a culmination of several things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of like it's hard to to sit here and say anything other than like just get on with it because like that's that's kind of what you got to do you can you, the you, you kind of have to um dust yourself down and go again because if you don't then you just lose the next game and you just lose the next game and you're not in any sort of any sort of title race so yeah city aren't in great form at the moment um and i think possibly the one of the worst things to be doing after a run that we've that, that we've just seen uh, is go to villa park when uh, everybody's tails are up and villa are playing really well and have lost what what is it like one of the last 13 home games or unbeaten in 13 or something yeah. like that it's it's it, it's not a it, it's not an ideal fixture let's put it that way no uh, not particularly ideal but um oh, it's 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 a, it's a fascinating one i'll put it like that i mean what what do you think is the uh prime reason for Man City conceding so many goals at the moment because you know as you say four against Chelsea three um, against uh, Tottenham two against uh, Leipzig I think last week as well mm. in the Champions League so what, what's the what do you think the root cause of that is? There's, it's difficult to kind of put your finger on because uh, so so take the take the three goals that, that they conceded against Spurs on Sunday mm. um, each one of them there are elements of, of individual mistakes. So uh, the first one, the ball gets played over the top. Doku actually gets to the ball first, mm. um, but Son still wins it and goes on through, and then his shot goes straight through Edison. Okay, so you've got two players who've made a mistake in that. Um, the the second goal, uh, Alvarez gives it away in the centre when he should keep the ball and and kind of... Uh, and So the way City play and the way that they, that they try and move the ball um, forward is that you, you think of a traditional uh, game where uh, you'll see Villa do this these days, where they might have the opportunity to break, but they choose not to. Um, and it's about knowing the smarter time and uh, the smarter time to take your chances and the smarter t- kind of way to use the ball. Um, and you think back to, I mean, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would watch the Premier League and we'd go, oh God, everybody's out of position. Get it in behind because we've got a chance to attack. <laughs> Whereas now, it, like like managers pull the hair out over that these days. And Alvarez did that for the second goal. He saw uh, there was a chance to get the ball in through to Haaland. Um, he played it first time around the corner, over the top. It's incredibly difficult to pass to play. Um, 
if he makes it, Haaland's clean through on goal. He probably isn't going to make it. And so what happens is Spurs win the ball back. Suddenly City are outnumbered in the middle and, and Lo Celso pops it in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the third goal, like Nathan Ake doesn't lose headers and he lost a header. Like like if I was going to put my house on, on one of City's defenders to win a header, it would be Nathan Ake. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kulisevsky just gets up above him and, and plants a, a, well, a quite a brilliant header into the, into the far corner. Um, and so like each one of those you look at as a, as an individual error, but at the same time you're going, well, that's three individual errors there. Um, the Liverpool game, not so much uh, as an individual error um, for, for Alexander Arnold's goal, but the Chelsea game, the, 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 before the international break, all hell broke loose kind of um, every time Chelsea got, no, got near <laughs> City's box. So it's like, like th- there is a pattern forming and um, City also have, they, they're also conceding this goal a lot where the, where they've pushed up high, it gets put over the top and, and somebody runs in behind. Leipzig scored both of their goals like that. The Spurs opener was like that. Right. Um, in fact, all of City's goals that they've conceded in the Champions League have some element of that this season, um, and I think it's I, th- I think they've not kept a clean sheet in um, or they've they've kept one clean sheet, which was the United game since the opening two fixtures of the season. Wow! So they're, they're really they're really leaky at the moment, and um, it doesn't really sort of make sense why if you look solely at the defense. So I think it's a structural problem. I think it's right. I think it's a wider team issue. Um, and I think it comes down to, I mean, I hate to, to beat the drum again and again and again, but I think it comes down to uh, losing too many of the controlling type players. Yeah. So um, Gundogan is is the obvious one that, that uh, they're missing. And you take Gundogan out of the centre and... Kovacic isn't the same sort of player as I think he's a I think he's a decent signing, but I don't think he's uh, he doesn't do the same sort of things as as what Gundogan did. Um, and Alvarez in there for De Bruyne, kind of he is a striker dropping deep. He's not a he's not a, an attacking midfielder playing in attacking midfield. So he, he doesn't quite do the same. He doesn't quite have the same structural awareness as, as De Bruyne does. And when you kind of fold all of these things together, you end up with a team that is uh, pretty good. I mean, I'm like like City can still turn up in in games and uh, and score plenty of goals, but at the same time, they're not able to control the game in in the way that they were last season, and so mm. they're conceding goals as well. Um, so. I don't think you can look at City as an attacking unit and a defensive unit. They are just a unit kind of from front to back. And when one, and when kind of several different bits are not working at optimum level, then things kind of get a bit fudged here and there. Um, So I don't think, uh, I I don't think there's, there's huge things to worry about in that. I don't think there's anything that Guardiola isn't going to be able to fix. Um, He just hasn't quite found the fix yet. And I think it's, I think it's about striking the balance between the, the types of players that you have on the pitch whether you're going to have the sort of uh, risk-taking, forward-thinking players and the, the the sort of control players. I mean, the, the, the other side of the control thing is, is Grealish is out of of Wednesday's game as well. He's, mm. uh, he's suspended. And at a time when City need players who can get on the ball and, uh, and just know when to hold it, know when to pass it, they're going to miss him. I mean, he hasn't been in great form this season anyway, but they are, they are going to miss him. Um, mm. And, you know, Doku's been, Doku's shown a lot of, of, of great things. Um, he, he's shown a little bit of an, of an awareness about when to go and when not to go. But at the same time, he is an explosive player that likes to go. And so yeah. the temptation is always there for him to do it. And if you, if you have too many of those sorts of players, you get a basketball game and a basketball game is really not what City want right now. 
Yeah, um, I, to be honest, if I was predicting, I could see it being a bit of a basketball game on Wednesday night. But, um, you know, you've mentioned Rodri and Grealish both being out. Um, potentially Doku as well. I don't know whether he might have picked yeah, up. Yeah, we're not really sure at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. On Sunday, he went off uh, kind of five minutes, ten minutes into the second half. And uh, I thought it was uh, Guardiola's had enough of of this, uh, of, of there not being enough uh, control in this game. He's bringing Grealish on to, to kind of uh, keep the ball better. Mm. Um, but then it doesn't really stack up because Doku was was all right at keeping the ball um, and he was causing problems. So uh, you then ask the question, Did he was he coming off with a bit of a knock? And maybe he was. So the, the rumour is that he might not, he, he's, he's got a knock. We'll find out more on Tuesday about whether mm-hmm. he's he's available or not. Um, but if he isn't, I mean, God help who he's, he's going to get picked because there's just nobody left. There's, uh, <laughs> there's like... City don't have a massive squad anyway, um, and uh, two suspensions and a few injuries, and suddenly the you know there's that there's not really many players that can fill in elsewhere, and you could be crowbarring Julian Alvarez onto one of the wings or something like that to to try and make it work. Um, I, I I'm I'm less worried about Doku the, uh, missing the game than I am. I mean, it sounds awful, but I'm I'm not really massively worried about Grealish missing the game in that same mm-hmm. sense. Uh, if if one of those two was available, I'd have been I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just the Rodri thing because yeah, the, I was, was going to say with yeah. Rodri, like what what I mean, he's he's such a brilliant brilliant player. Um, how big a miss is he for Wednesday? It's it's huge. Um, the, the City will have very or, or they'll have a lot less control over the center than than uh, they would with him there, and they've not had much control over the center at the moment anyway. Um, he the three games he missed earlier in the season when he was I mean he, he got the most stupid red card against Nottingham Forest mm, um, yeah for like like in a game that City are cruising like he, he did something that he just didn't need to do and it's like nailed on red card he's obviously going to get his ban and um the the games he missed you could really see now he was never going to play at Newcastle in the League Cup tie that was that was always going to be a, a Calvin Phillips game um. And um, City just didn't control that game, lost the game. They then go away to to Wolves, who, um, I mean, they're a decent Premier League side, but they're not. Yeah. They're, they're they're a team that you should be that if you're if you've got hopes of of winning the title, you should be able to say, okay, well, we might be missing a few players, but just get on with it. You go there and win. Mm-hmm. And uh, City went there, didn't play particularly well, couldn't really work out the solution of of, of how to control the centre of the pitch without uh, without Rodri. Well, that, that's a lie, actually. They they could control the pitch, but they couldn't create anything dangerous. Right. Um, and Wolves took their chances on the break and and ultimately deserved the win that day. Uh, and then they go away to Arsenal, and, and Guardiola went, "Well, we can't have that happen again." And he just gummed up the middle. He just he, he just filled the middle with with kind of with players that were just going to make sure that City didn't lose the game. And then what happens? They concede a, a, a 86 minute shot that hits Nathan Ake in the face, and they've 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 not conceded any real chances in that game. Mm. Um, but you, that's the game you play sometimes. If you if you make it really tight on purpose, you can succumb to a deflection, and they did. Um, so I, I expect actually the the style of game that Guardiola will go for on Wednesday will be quite un, unappetizing to watch right. um, because there's like the way Villa are playing right now. If City open it up and try and and and, and make it a real kind of end to end thriller, um, they're not going to win. And so like that's 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 the most important thing. They haven't got the players that that will make that sort of game come out in City's favour. Whereas I think Aston Villa do have the players that will make it come out in their favour. 
Um, whereas I think you look at, at what Guardiola will do. I think if he puts Bernardo and Kovacic in the middle, uh, maybe even Rico Lewis as well, and really kind of gums it up. If he hasn't got um, Grealish or Doku, that possibly makes his decision for him because he probably he probably then puts another uh, player in the centre. And yeah. um, it, it'll just be a case of, okay, we have to control this football. We have to make sure that we are on the ball and we don't give Aston Villa the chance to transition because the transitions will be what kills us. Mm. Um, and it, it might it might be one of those games where if City are going to win, then they might only create one or two chances and take them, um, which yeah. also speaks into another problem that City have had recently, is they're missing a hell of a lot of, of real good opportunities. Um, Spurs should have been dead and buried by the time they equalised for 2-2, and they weren't. Um, Liverpool should have been dead and buried by the time they equalised. Chelsea... A little bit less so, but City had the chances to to kill that game off and they didn't. Um, and it, it, it's just like, again, all this combination of factors coming back round spells spells bad form. And I also think there's there's something to be said about the quality of the opposition City have played lately as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've had a run of teams who are actually quite adept at being able to exploit these problems. So if City had played, a, you know, a, a bunch of teams that were off, they'd chucked in a couple of games um, against lower to to bottom end of the of the table teams, um, we wouldn't be having this conversation about bad form because City might not have played too well, but they'd have won a couple of games in the in the mm-hmm. middle of there. Um, whereas Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, Villa, in fairness, uh, all have the tools that when City are feeling a bit below par, you, they can all punish them, and that's exactly what they've done. Right, and you know, uh, I don't know how much you've seen Villa this season, but. It- is there any particular Villa player that's given you any cause for concern, you know, given the way City perhaps have conceded goals recently? Is there anybody at Villa that you sort of look at and think, oh dear, he might be someone we struggle to handle? Yeah, two names. Um, I mean, Ollie Watkins is good for a goal in every game at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, like, I, I don't see City keeping a clean sheet at, at Villa Park because I think okay. he will score at the very least. Um, <laughs> but Diaby has been, um, I, I mean... If you if you're coming up against a team that has somebody who can run the midfield like the RB is like the RB can, um, you want Rodri in there because you want someone in there who's going to control it all, and he, mm. he isn't going to be there. Um, so uh, that also leads me to think that like ultimately, what I think City will want to do is outnumber Aston Villa in the centre of midfield. Yeah. Um, and like the the way that happens is he's just got to put he's got to get bodies into there. So, like, I'll take you back to to the middle of last season. So, um, well, a little bit further. So, when City signed Erling Haaland back in uh, the start of last season, last summer, uh, there was this automatic assumption that that the way that City play, what would happen is they would just drop in the greatest striker that is currently in the game, and everything would be fine. Hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't really work like that because obviously the, the the reason why City had been so good in the two years before it, when they were playing the false nine setup, was they didn't have a centre forward. They had an extra midfielder. And what that meant was that every single team they came up against, even if a team was playing five through five in midfield, City would outnumber them and they would, so they'd control the game by having an, like the six players in and around uh, the centre of the midfield. And then they would, they'd create an opportunity to get in behind. And then one of whoever was playing the false nine would suddenly become the nine in the attacking phase. Um, you take one of those midfielders out and put Haaland in there, the same thing can't happen anymore. You can't have the the same sort of overload. And um, the first half of last season was spent trying to work out how to get that overload without 
sacrificing what what Haaland brings to the team because obviously he's scoring lots of goals. You can't ask him to suddenly start dropping deeper and get involved with the play. Um, but at the same time, you're not controlling games and you, you're kind of dropping points because of not being able to, to to control the game. And the solution for the end of last season was was uh, was ingenious. It was it was John Stones into the centre of midfield. Uh, he plays in defence. He is a defender when City don't have the ball. As soon as they get the ball, he becomes the extra midfielder and you get that overload that way. And then you've got the overload and you've got Haaland in a prime position to score. Um, and... That has been again the, the the sort of principle for this season. But Stones has been injured, and uh, Rodri's been out at, at various spells, and it doesn't quite work the same way when it's Manuel Akanji doing it. Now, Akanji's fine; he's yeah. just not John Stones, and that's that that's kind of the issue. Um, so, if you've got a player like Diaby in the in the center of the pitch who's gonna is gonna be pulling the strings, then you you ideally want your best players in there to be able to to deal with that, and you know like. City can cope. I think I think City can cope without Rodri if they've got Stones. And I think they can cope without Stones if they've got Rodri. But they're struggling to cope without both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the issue when, when Rodri was out earlier in the season. It'll be the issue again at, at Villa Park. Because while Stones has been on the bench recently, um, they're, they're, they're obviously managing his injury really, really kind of delicately. Um, and like it, it's a hell of a welcome back to... to like to have not played a minute since he since he uh, since the the recurrence of his injury to then go okay well you're going to have to start against Villa because you, we're going to have to have somebody in the centre to control this game. Mm-hmm. It's like if 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 he if he's not ready for that then he might play twenty minutes and come off. Like yeah. it's it's really it's it's a really really delicate situation and I guess a call that that Guardiola will will leave as late as possible because like without Rodri he probably wants John Stones on the pitch. Right. Yeah. And I mean like. For Villa, you know, what we've tended to do at home is we've been very, very ball dominant. You know, it's been quite a quite a year for me as a Villa fan to finally see a, a Villa team that actually is ball dominant and wins it's, all the time at home. It's, yeah, and, <laughs> and it'll be interesting actually on Wednesday because, um, like, generally, City, like people think of City as a team that has 70-80% possession. Yeah. And this season, they've not been able to have that as much possession as that. Right. Um, and I, I, I wonder if Villa fans will... I, I wonder if Villa fans are expecting a game where Villa don't see a lot of the ball for once this season. And actually, I think you might see more of the ball than you're expecting. Right, that's fascinating because yeah, I had wondered if maybe it'll be like an unusual experience for us this season where yeah, the opposition team has most mm. of the ball. And I think you probably will have more than 50%, but maybe not the sort of 70% we're used yeah, to. Yeah. But uh and that's why I wondered whether when City kind of get that possession, force Villa back a little bit, then Villa maybe with a Leon Bailey outright and a Diaby, two very pacey players who can get in behind. Maybe that might be how we can hurt City is on the transitions. Do you think that's Probably yeah. how it might happen if, if we do it. Yeah, transitions terrify me right now. Um, yeah. I, I think so. What I would say is, if you get a spare few minutes this afternoon after you've watched this, everyone, uh, go and look at City's uh, Champions League games this season. Now they've won them all. That isn't what. That isn't the point. The point is, look at every single goal that they've conceded in the Champions League this season, and they all have exactly the same hallmarks. And it is uh, City pushing high as they do with the high line. The opposition break the first line of the press and then they find a pass in behind, whether it's on the ground or over the top, it doesn't matter. Um, and then suddenly someone is running clean through from about 40 yards. Right. Um, and if you've got pacey wingers and you've got uh, a striker like Ollie Watkins, then um, 
like I, I cannot for the life of me expect that Unai Emery is not sat in his office this week going, okay, well, this, this is a this is we're gonna have to try and engineer this situation because City are City are struggling in the transitions right now. Mm-hmm. Um it's like that there's been an alarming number of those goals this season combined with an alarming number of late goals. I, w- I would also say if there's if, if City are winning and there's one goal in it, uh with kind of ten minutes ago, you're not out the game. That's that's just kind of how it is at the moment. Um, right. Previous previous years, City had just killed those games, and the the, the number of times where, um, I mean, it, the, the example that I always end up thinking of is is uh, the Champions League game uh, against Real Madrid, where where Madrid won the game, um, in in like the two late Rodrigo goals in the Bernabeu. Uh, when that game went to extra time and Madrid took the lead, the ball was barely in play. Like Madrid just did this wonderful thing of like you kind of have to respect the hustle of of just like how how on earth you've managed to kill this game by the ball not not being in play. There's City are not creating a chance because the, the like like the game is just stopping all the time. Mm-hmm. And City used to do that in like they take the lead within the last fifteen minutes. You go right, well they they will just see this out now, um, and they they haven't done that for for a lot of this season. The the only late goal they've conceded that hasn't cost them uh, was at Sheffield United and um that was that it probably should have cost them because they they conceded on the 85th minute and somehow mm. um uh, Rodri pops up with a screamer towards the end and like every other late goal they've conceded they've conceded about five or six this season. Um it's cost them points. So like there's there's a real problem at the moment with with balls over the top in transitions and late goals and um I I I really like if, if City are going to give us a comfortable afternoon or evening, um, they're going to have to score. I mean, two, three, you have to get a, a good cushion in there, right. um, because they they're just not killing games right now. Right, and uh, yeah, I've got a couple more questions, but um, I'll actually get your prediction just because I'm, uh, I, I, it's a fascinating one in the sense that City are not in the best of form. I think that Rodri mm. being out has really thrown a spanner in the works, actually, because I thought. City would just overpower us centrally, which has happened a couple of times away this season. And I wondered if you might just come and do that with him. Now that sort of changes the dynamic a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, also Villa, we concede a lot of goals. As much as we've been winning at home, we always seem to win like 3-1-4-1. We don't seem to be keeping clean sheets at the moment. So I think that just the way the two teams are playing, I sort of feel like neutral should get ready for a few goals at least. Yeah, Um, that's that's, that's the problem i think with like the, the irony is is that neutrals have spent years going i don't enjoy city games they, they, they make games boring and it's like well you, you haven't been paying attention because <laughs> like like city are, are a basket case at the moment they're, they're conceding and scoring plenty um yeah. and like what what individuals want what neutrals want is a game riddled with mistakes and that's what yeah. city are doing at the moment um they're, they're they're having moments of brilliance to score goals and then they're they're like the house of cards is falling down at the back. Uh, so prediction wise, like, I mean, I can see all outcomes here. I'm not very confident of a city win. It wouldn't surprise me if, if city were able to just kind of put all the problems of the last few weeks behind them and, and win the game. Yeah. Um, but I like, like I'm, I'm a very kind of evidence-based person and I've not seen much evidence that that's going to happen in, in, in this game. Um, I actually, I, I I will say a draw and a high scoring draw, and it means City have drawn four in a row, I think. No. Um, but I I, I I like two two or three three or something like that. Um, but like, there's a very real fear here that Aston Villa 
like like comfortably win, like comfortably win two one, three one, something like that. Right. And um, kind of afterwards, we all look at it and go, like, how did we not see that coming because of the way the two teams have been playing right now? Mm. It, yeah, it's a fascinating one for sure. I mean, I'm just so used in my life to just City, even when you weren't a great side, still mm. beating us. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very. I'm going to say two two, just to be optimistic. But one thing that does concern me is that we played Thursday in a tough game against Lahia Warsaw, tough game away at Bournemouth, and now three days later we're playing City. I do wonder if, as a team, we are prepared for that physical have, demand. Have you got, yeah, have you got much options to rotate? Because that's that's kind of what's killing City at the moment in that um, De Bruyne, Stone's been injured, Rodri suspended and and Doku, Grealish possibly injured. Mm. There's there's not really many other options in the squad. Now the squad's small anyway, but it's not yeah. like, it, it's, it's one of them where people go, well, like, just get on with it. Everyone else has injuries, so like, and it's and it's true. You're like, no, nobody's expecting any sympathy for City for for missing players. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you kind of have to. You can only play the hand you dealt, and the hand that Guardiola's got is probably kind of twelve fit players right now. Right. Um, so like, like, there's there's not really much room to change things up, and that's kind of I, I, that's kind of been an issue of the last few weeks. If a Villa got any room to to be able to rotate for this game and, and and get some freshness in there. Yeah, I think some positions are better stopped than others. Um, you know, Kamara was suspended for the game at Bournemouth, so he's coming in quite fresh. So he's come back, yeah. Yeah, which is which is good. D- definitely good for us, because uh, we did miss him against Bournemouth. He's, he's, a, he's an excellent uh, CDM, to be honest. Um, right back seems to be a bit of an issue for us, I think. Uh, he's been trying to rotate concert and Matty Cash there, but I don't think... Um, I, don't, I don't think... Conce's best role is right back, basically, is how I would put it. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly he turns out he's playing right back again on Wednesday night just to deal with if it's Doku or Grealish. Maybe go one-on-one. Maybe he trusts uh, Conce to do better in a one-on-one scenario than Matty Cash. Um, And then obviously Watkins, we would very reliant on him. I think if he were to get injured, we'd be in quite a bit of problem, quite a bit of trouble, really. Um, But uh, but overall, yeah, I think um, depth-wise, we our injuries, you know, we're missing Mings, Buendia, from long-term injuries, but we've got Moreno and um, Alex Moreno left back and Jacob Ramsey have just come back. Um, so that's definitely helping us. I think we're probably in a better situation at the moment than than probably, you know, say Newcastle are. Yeah. Um, City, there's a few teams who are, who are having some real injury problems at the moment. Um, we're just about, you know, we, we do miss Mings and Buendia quite a lot, but I think to have Moreno and Ramsey coming back is a big help for us. And I'm hopeful that both of them will feature against City uh, yeah. this week. this week. And I particularly think I just think Ramsey, um, just getting him on the half turn, running at a City defence if you're caught on a transition I mean, the, in the space. The, the other thing with with players running at City at the moment is is um, like Gradiol as as left fullback has been. I think he's been good this season, uh, but at the same time, he likes to dive in, and mm-hmm. if he if he dives in high up and gets turned, there's a lot of space to run into behind there. Diaz yeah. has been caught the last few weeks, kind of doing the same sort of thing. Um, and so like th- th- these individual errors are like leading to like big chances for the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got if you've got pace to get in behind, then then there's uh, then there's certainly a, a place to cause damage. There. I mean, the, the other the other elephant in the room here is that um, we're still waiting to find out if if Erling Haaland's going to face a, an FA charge for, yeah. for his tweet after the after the Spurs game, <laughs> um, because that could be another player that that isn't available to City now. Weirdly, and. I can already hear any City fan that has that has watched this uh, falling off the chair at this. Um, 
But weirdly, I don't know if missing Haaland for this game would be as huge an impact as some people might think it is. Okay. Um, because it would it would kind of force Guardiola to... I mean, like if Haaland's fit, he plays. That's kind of how it works. And if he's available, he plays because he could always just score. Um, but it kind of it kind of allows Guardiola to to not have to deal with how you fit him into the team um, because it like as a striker he he goes against pretty much everything that Guardiola has tried to do with strikers in in mm. years gone by. So you look at, at, at Aguero um, when Guardiola arrived at, at City, Aguero was banging the goals in for fun, uh, but not really doing much else and. Uh, much else, as if as if, as, as, if, as if scoring the volume of goals he was scoring was a bad thing, um, but he he wasn't getting involved in the team play. And Guardiola came in and went, right, that's not on. We're gonna, you're going to have to get involved deeper and 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 kind of uh, and and do more work off the ball. And for a while, Gabriel Jesus came in and kind of Aguero had to to work out what he needed to do. And then eventually he did, and he became the second coming of of Sergio Aguero, and was even better than he was the first time around. Whereas it's interesting with Haaland that uh, Guardiola isn't trying to get him to do that. And you look at, at what Guardiola has done with with all of his previous strikers, even at, at kind of Bayern and Barcelona. It's the same sort of thing. He's got them involved in the build-up and and then kind of added to their their goal scoring. Haaland is simply still just a goal scorer, and that 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 structural change has really actually been a big thing for City to try and work out over the last few last last kind of few weeks and months, um, which they did again. Like I said earlier, they worked out at the at the back end of last season. Um, but if you've got players missing and you've got selection issues and structural issues this season, not being able to pick Haaland might be a nice little way to go. Okay, well, we just we, we're going to fix these issues by doing this, this, and this, mm-hmm. um, and we kick that can down the road for when he's available again of how we can then do those things and have him in the team. Um, so I, I'm I'm by no means an advocate of 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 saying well Haaland shouldn't play this game because they've they've got the structural issues, um, but. Like at the end of the game, if if Haaland hasn't been available and City have won, we might look at it as a, a as as Guardiola was able to go back to what he used to do instead of having problems that he's he's trying to fix. Um, and I mean, Guardiola's a problem a problem solver. That's that's kind of what he does. I'm interested to see how he solves this issue um, over the, over this midweek because, like like I say, if if Haaland is available. Then he's got to work out ways to get players in the middle, and that's that. That that's ultimately what what will be the what will decide whether City can control this game or not. Um, I'm not that confident that the players they've got available at the moment can do it. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, look in my head, I can I, I think Harland will score if he plays, um, and I kind of wish Mings was there to deal with him. Uh, I can I I can see a scenario where City just turn up and win three one. Um, I do think Villa will score, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say two two. Um, one player I do want to ask you about, though, obviously, a man with a man from my part of the world, Solihull itself, Jack Grealish. Um, well, he's he's not been uh, playing lows this season. Jeremy Dockey no, he's not. A bit favoured. What do you think his future is at City? You know, he's 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 a bit older than I think people probably a lot of people realise outside of Villa and City world. He's you know he seems young, but he's actually like twenty eight, pushing twenty nine mm. now. Um, do you do you think he's got a, uh, um, he's going to stay at City beyond this season, or is this a sign now that Doku might be the the regular number one? Um, I I think uh, I, I think a lot of people are forgetting quite quickly what Grealish did last season, yeah. um, and uh, there was 
so again, last season there was there were large spells of last season where Grealish and Mares were the the players that were picked on the flanks, and um, City fans were not particularly happy with it because it spelt that Guardiola was trying to to kind of control a game, keep it slow, and and kind of know when to attack. And the number of times it, it, it there was a case of we we need wide players who are going to be more aggressive and more kind of um, and kind of get in behind a lot more, take the man on a lot more. The, like the criticism of Grealish last season, a lot was he doesn't take his man on enough. Mm. And like as Villa fans that haven't really paid attention to to what City have been doing will find that baffling because of what he used to do at Villa. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But he's he's not that player anymore. He doesn't do that sort of thing anymore. But what he does do is like he he. he he does all the stuff that that a lot of fans would look at and go, well, that's really boring. Like it's it's just really dull and, and and boring. But he holds the shape really well. He knows when to go and when not to go. He puts a killer ball into the box and a killer delivery into the box. He he's able to go around the outside or or, or inside depending on what is is kind of the the way the attack is shaping up. But more than ever, he knows when the right time to do it and when the right time to to keep possession and knock it back is, hmm. and. Like as a as a neutral watching that, as a as a city fan watching that, I, I understand it can be frustrating because what you want to see is you know the the tricky wide player attack the space in behind. And like like that's just not what City do anymore. That's like that's that's not been City for like since Pellegrini was the manager. There's that like we're we're kind of seven, eight years away from for from that happening. And the, the idea that Doku has come in and, and just taken his place, because like there's there's this real kind of battle at the moment with City fans between Doku and, and Grealish where um, it, it's almost a case of what do you want from this game? Do you want the excitement or do you want the control? Because you can't have both and you can only have one player who's going to do... Like, like one of the players will do one, one of the players will do the other. Now, strictly speaking, that's not actually true. Doku shows elements of being able to do the control. Grealish is an explosive player and can take and and can drive forward and, and put in a great performance. He was he was fantastic in the Manchester Derby, for instance. Mm. Um, and you kind of you ask the question, what do you want from the game? And the answer, more often than not, is I want to see my my winger take on a, take on his man, and I don't really care if he loses the ball because he's trying something and he's trying something exciting. The problem that that creates is when you've got an imbalance around him, it leads to more transitions. And as we've just spent the last kind of half an hour talking about or whatever, the the, the transitions are killing City right now. Um, so I do think Grealish has a future at City. I think he's got a big future at City. Um, I think there's there's no reason why him and Doku can't play in the team at the same time, because Doku mm-hmm. can, can play on both sides as well. Um, and I... I I don't know if Grealish is is suited to the centre in in a Guardiola system. Um, I think he's got more defensive nous than people give him credit for, um, and that that Definitely. that could, I think that could be a big thing for him being able to be in the centre. In fact, I've talked myself into it now. Get him in the centre against Villa. Oh, he can't play against <laughs> Villa, can he? Because he's yeah, yeah. Uh, he's suspended. But if City are looking for for solutions to to controlling games, maybe Grealish in the centre is what they need, and Doku on the flank for the excitement. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I I, I certainly don't think he's finished, uh, and I think anybody writing him off is, is is doing so like very 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 early. He's not started this season brilliantly. He's not been in great form, um, but I, I think that's just a form thing. I don't think it's a, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's a form thing for him, and I think it's a structural thing for City. But I, I think it's two things that can marry up and and kind of cancel each other out again, and he can be great in in the Guardiola team again. Going forward, I mean, the, the the irony is, is we sit here talking about this uh, in the way that we're talking about this, 
And, you know, if City are top of the league in April time, five points clear and and kind of looking like they're going to win it, we'll have all the discussions again about how can people possibly compete with City because it's impossible. And it, like you, you look back to the start of every one of those seasons where that discussion has been had. And we've been sat here talking about, oh, well, you know, this player's not looking like he's fitting in and this player's not not worked out, has he? And so you're not playing well right now. Um, so, like... The message, to the take-home from that is that the season's long and City will play a lot of games and they're going to need Jack Grealish, they're going to need Jeremy Doku, they're going to need the players to to, to be able to play. Um, because like if they if they have any ambitions of, of, of even getting close to what they repeated last season, they're going to play 60-odd games. So like you, you can't, the, the size of the squad as it is, you can't expect one or two players to to play in, in, in nearly every single one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's really interesting to hear but david it's been absolutely brilliant to chat to you um if where can people find you online oh if they're not sick of me on here now already um <laughs> then uh the best thing to do is just just search blue moon podcast you'll find me um it's it's in all the usual places and it's uh i, I mean it, it exists now purely just to make me laugh so um <laughs> like it's it, we we try and do a little bit of serious analysis here and there but i also do i do a podcast uh called let me talk with uh, the athletics uh city correspondent that is very much game by game analysis mm-hmm. um so blue moon has kind of become um oh i'll just mess around about some city stuff for for an hour and a half and see what happens we did a quiz I'd, I'd like this 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 narrative might not have escaped city the city bubble uh but we did a quiz about uh buzz aldrin last week uh because <laughs> um the united a united fan had put stickers around that said uh nobody remembers the second man on the moon and had um the three treble trophies um <laughs> as, a, as a little dig to say well you know we did the treble first so nobody remember nobody will remember that city did it second and like the response from city fans was well, everybody knows that Buzz Aldrin was the second person <laughs> on the moon. That, like, just everybody knows that. So our, the way that we covered it was we just we just did a little quiz about Buzz Aldrin's life. So um, <laughs> it's that's the sort of thing that I do. I just mess around on a podcast for an hour. It's a, it's a really, really silly job. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I can strongly recommend that. Thanks again for coming on, David. Yeah.